0: All right, turn to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, we started that last week. And uh, was going to try and finish it up. You know, I got halfway through the message last week. And then I got looking through the chapter again today and ended up with three more pages of notes. Well, when I did chapter 1, I ended up with two more. This time I ended up with three more pages of notes for that. So we'll see. So instead of reading the whole chapter, we'll just begin in verse 11. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. I like that song, Do You Know Him? Well, I pray if you're here listening, you're not sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Hey, listen, people, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning for somebody to get saved, amen? It doesn't have to be Sunday morning for somebody to get right, right? Anytime we're together, hey, anytime you're just you and the Lord, you can take it to the Lord. So Galatians chapter 2, beginning of verse 11 says this, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them that were of the circumcision. And other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. "'But when I saw that they walked not uprightly "'according to the truth of the gospel, "'I said unto Peter before them all, "'If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, "'and not as do the Jews, "'why compelest thou the Gentiles "'to live as do the Jews? "'We who are Jews by nature "'and not sinners of the Gentiles.'" Verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Verse 19, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. This famous verse, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we just plead the blood and claim the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we as we think about uh, this chapter... And, uh, Lord, the things we need to learn from it, Lord, I'm glad there's liberty in Christ. I'm glad it's uh, all of grace, dear God, and it's all in what Jesus has done for us. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here listening that's not saved, even tonight, God, that you'd get a hold of that heart and convict that heart. Or, Lord, if somebody just needs to get something right, help them, dear God, to make a right decision and draw closer to you. So, Lord, teach us and guide us through your word, Lord, that we would ever grow in the grace and knowledge of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. So have your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Just uh, uh, by a little uh, review here, of course, the, the Galatians right, who this uh, is written to, you know, this book of Galatians, you know, is, is really like the declaration of independence for the believer. It's like the declaration of independence, right? It delivers us from the law and externalism, right? Of course, here they're arguing about uh, uh, circumcision and there were other things, right, that, uh, uh, you know, people want to see externally to show that people are right with God. And we have those things that we look for. Well, I don't know, I, I, I do a person, man, I, I don't know if they're right. You know, we like to look at people. We like to look for those little things. We like to check off our little boxes, even as independent uh, 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 Baptists, right? And again, uh, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit again. You know, we got to balance and make sure we're balanced by the word, not what we think or how we feel or what popular opinion is, but we to let the word of God uh, balance us in those things. But this book, it emphasizes faith and faith alone is the grounds of our justification and And godly living, so we must come to Christ, Amen, for liberty and power. And so uh, this uh, verse talks about uh, Paul's dealing with those Judaizers. In verse two, it says uh, he's talking about how he he, 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 uh, went went before them. In verse two, he says, "And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privily to them which were of reputation." And so uh, I, I, I touched on that for, uh, by way of view of how, listen, when we, when we go to certain people, we need to have wisdom and, 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 and discernment in, uh, in, in talking to people. And just because we have something to deal with, that means we need to go kick the doors open. And say, hey, I'm here to deal with this. Amen. But uh, listen, uh, we want to we wanna deal with issues. Now, if somebody needs to be confronted boldly, like Peter is here, we need to do that. But, but if we can, we, can, we can deal with that in, a, in a, a more polite way, I guess we need to do that. So uh, uh, need to, when we have to deal with an issue, ask God to give us grace and wisdom. But in verse 3, he's talking about how they compelled, notice verse 3, "...but neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised." And then in verse 4, "...and that because of false and unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty." And I mentioned last week that uh, you know, uh, usually the balance is somewhere between uh, 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 those that you know, are looking for those external things and they want to keep people under bondage and, 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 and keep people suppressed by uh, meeting a, 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 a high standard and those that uh, go overboard in their liber- uh, liberality. Right, uh, Those that want to, again, want to go overboard on compelling, those that want to go overboard on their liber- liberality in Christ, Right, we've seen both sides brag about that. One brag about how high their standards are, and then another one brag about <laughs> having no standards. Well, usually there's a balance somewhere in between. And so, as I mentioned before, the Bible does teach, you know, standards, and we need to make sure that we want to live by those standards, but we're using biblical standards. We're not like the Pharisees adding the standards of the Bible. And Then on the other hand, thinking that, you know, we can just do whatever we want because we're saved and we have that liberty in Christ. As I mentioned last week, the law is still good as a standard, but not as a, as a system. God's standard is still for holiness and it's still uh, for, doing, for doing right. And then, but he talks about those in verse four, about those that snuck in unawares and those that came in uh, uh, privily and those false brethren. You know, false brethren are a serious issue. Paul even names them when reviewing all of his troubles that he had to endure. That was a big problem back then and it's still a problem today. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six, when Paul's reviewing all the, 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 the problems that he had, he says this, In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea. And then he says, in perils among false brethren. And so Paul had to deal with them back then, and we still have to deal with them today and uh, uh, false doctrines that are slipping in. And a lot of false doctrines are slipping in even among uh, independent Baptists. I mean, uh, I I mentioned Calvinism a lot, but I mean, it just seems like it's I can't believe how many people I know that have gone that way and then then, uh, uh, gone the other way. Man, we need to, that's why we need to make sure we're sticking with the book. I mean, I enjoy reading other people's books, but listen, don't read other people's books or other commentaries into the Bible. <laughs> check them by, uh, uh, check them by uh, 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 the Bible. And, you know, it talks about those that came in and trying to spy out. You know, Uh, there's always going to be people trying to sneak into the church. And I talked about that last week. That's why we have to guard uh, our our membership. We want people to join. We want people, amen. We want to see the church grow even numerically, but we have to uh, 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 make sure we're guarding it again uh, according to uh, what we believe and our standard here and with the word of God. So, uh, let's look here, verses eleven through thirteen. We'll go ahead and, and jump down jump down there again, and this is where Paul gets on to Peter. But when Peter was come to Antioch, he says, I withstood him to the face. Because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. And I mentioned as we were finishing up last week that it's amazing that it was Peter that they had this problem with. Because Peter was really like the first one uh, to go to the Gentiles. Even though Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles, you'll remember in Acts 10, right, that uh, God uh, opened the door for Peter to go to Cornelius. And he had to, and, and he had to confront this same issue <laughs> that he ended up uh, giving into, right? He dealt with the same thing. Uh, if you look over in, uh, in uh, 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 Acts chapter, Acts chapter uh, 10, we'll, we'll look at that and then look at some verses. That's where he goes into Cornelius. So there was a direct denunciation by Paul, right? Why? Because they acted publicly, publicly so they were dealt with publicly. Again, as I mentioned before, our first loyalty, our first loyalty is not to uh, uh, some certain denomination, even though we're, we don't consider ourselves a denomination, but our first loyalty is to truth. Our first loyalty is not to the brethren right? Or some school or whatever. Our first loyalty is to truth. And so though Paul was an apostle, he didn't say, well, you know, we got to click here. We, us, us, us apostles got to stick together. So we'll so overlook this thing. You know, sometimes people do that among the brethren, but no, uh-uh. he said, nope, I don't care who it is. They're going against what's right against the word of God. This is going to harm uh, other believers, especially weak believers. I mean, even Barnabas got confused here. So we need to deal with this uh, right away. But, you know, again, it's amazing that it was Peter because, again, he is the one God showed that all were equal. And God sent him to Cornelius and even he had to take a stand for it. So we know how he went to Cornelius, but I just want to look at verse 28 of Acts 10. And this is Peter talking when he came uh, uh, unto Cornelius, because remember, Cornelius bowed when he came there, and he told Cornelius to get up. And then he says this in verse 28, and he said to them, you know how it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one of another nation. Now, Peter's speaking here, but God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So Peter knew what was right. He, he, he says that right here. And then when he left there, right, um, uh, some, uh, he, when he went back to Jerusalem, some there confronted him about going to the Jews and he defended it. In Acts chapter 11, look at verses one through five. It says, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. But when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, look at this, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. The same ones. I mean, these these Judaizers, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised and did eat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended and it had a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. And so he, he uh, rehearses. How uh, God revealed this to him in a vision and how he knew that God told him to go uh, to Cornelius and what and that how when he went into Cornelius and preached the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on them as at the first and Cornelius and all those with him and several people got saved. And then look at verse 18. It says, and when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And they said, well, okay, amen. Listen, if, if, God's, if God's in it, amen, then we're going to be for it. And then he turns around, amen, and, 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 and uh, uh, falls right into the trap. So that shows, listen, uh, that's why we got to be careful, You know, uh, uh, you know, we we might be at one time in our life, we take a a strong stand on something and then later we become weak in an area or we give in uh, to the pressure of the brethren. So don't think that it could happen to us. So that's why it's so important, amen, that we stay read up, prayed up and filled up, amen, and uh, and uh, and uh, appreciate the brethren, but don't fear uh, 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 the brethren. And uh, you know, so Peter, the one thing that he, he knew better in, he fell into the trap. And even like as great of a man of God as Barnabas was, he fell into it. So that should be a warning to each of us that any of us, a man, could get sidetracked by something if we're not careful. Just like i mentioned before, during this last year, I've seen a lot of my friends get uh, uh, get sidetracked uh, uh, by by stuff. May the Lord help us to stay focused, amen, and stay true uh, to the Word of God when we look. Look at this, amen. It should be a warning to our own hearts that we pray for ourselves and pray for our church that we don't fall into these things and get and get uh, get uh, get sidetracked. So, uh, looking at verses uh, uh, 15 and 16, say this: Who are Jews by nature, right? He said, How you following this? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith, notice this, of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So we have to remember, amen, that Christ is the end of the law. The Bible says in Romans ten four, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So the moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ, amen, right, uh, 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 we're, we're free uh, 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 from the law. We're under grace now. So, uh, and we're not supposed to live like Jews or Gentiles either anyway, right? He's trying to differ between Jews and Gentiles. We're supposed to live like Christians, we're supposed to live like Christians. Let me uh, find find something. Uh, let me find something here in my second in my second set of in my second set of uh, notes here. Let me find something that I wrote down uh, concerning this. Ephesians. Ephesians deals with this. Uh, look at Ephesians chapter two, right? God dealt with that separation between Jew and Gentile. Uh, Jesus Christ did when he, when he died for our sins. Ephesians 2, right? There's deals with the fact of there being a difference between Jew and Gentile. Ephesians 2 verses 14 through 16 say this, for he is our peace who had made both one. Well, who's the both? Jew and Gentile. He's made us both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Here it is. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain. Who are the twain? The Jews and the Gentiles, one new man, so making peace. So verse 16, that he might reconcile both, both Jew and Gentile unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. So now, uh, right now, it's, it's, a, it's not just about Jew and Gentile. In our age, it's about the church. Amen. <laughs> Everything is about the church in our age. The body is the church. Everyone is equal in the church. And uh, we, need to, we need to realize that. And so I want you to notice again in verse 16 when it talks about the faith. Often we think about being saved. We put faith in Jesus Christ, right? But the Bible also lets us know, not only do we put faith in Jesus Christ, but once we're saved, we have the faith of Jesus Christ. A lot of times we don't think about that, right? Hey, uh, he not only gives us himself, he gives us his faith. There it says, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. What a beautiful thing that is. Now, let's jump down to verse 19. It says this. Well, go ahead and read verse 18. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Verse 19, for I through law am dead to law. Notice how it's verse that I might live unto God. We're not supposed to live unto the law. We're not supposed to live under any set of rules. We're not supposed to uh, uh, live, amen, under any uh, 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 external standard. But where our job as Christians is to live unto God. And that live unto means to spend our existence. At once we get saved, we're supposed to spend the rest of our life, amen, living unto God, glorifying God, doing the will of God, praising God. The law is not the way to life. The law is the way to death. Romans 7, verses 9 through 11 say this. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. You see, uh, 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 the law wasn't there to save us. The law was there to show us our weakness, amen, and that uh, uh, we were facing uh, uh, death because we were guilty before God. And the law just proved our guiltiness. Romans 3.20 says this, Again, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law is good, as, as uh, Paul said, even here in Rome 7, because it reminds us, amen, that we are sinners. It reminds us that God is holy. It reminds us that that is God's standard, and we can't, we can't meet that standard in our own power. Verse 4 of Romans 7 says this, Wherefore, my brother, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who's raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So now that we're saved, amen, we're supposed to live unto God, and we're supposed to bring fruit unto God. We're supposed to be fruit by being soul winning. We're supposed to bring fruit by the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to be fruit, amen, by growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse six of Romans seven says this, but now we are delivered from the law. Amen. We're delivered from the law that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not the oldness of the letter. The Bible says Romans six, 11 says this likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Christ, our Lord. So again, verse 19: For I, through law, am dead to law, what that I might live unto God. So don't for just forget about the law, Amen. Uh, and those, for, but be focus on living unto God, bringing fruit unto God, and being alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to focus on verse 20 for a minute because that's uh, a lot of times the, the main verse in this chapter and mo- I think one of the most wonderful uh, verses in the New Testament. I think when I first got saved, this was my first uh, life verse. The first several years I was saved, uh, I, I, I claim this is my life verse. So let's look at it again together. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, here it is again, of the Son of God. Notice that, not in the Son of God. We know that has its place, but it says by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 6, 6 says this. Of course, verse 20 again, start off, I am crucified with Christ. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Amen. We know that, hey, once we get saved, as we're going to see in a moment, that new man has created us, that old man of sin has been crucified with him and that it might be destroyed. Why? That henceforth, we should not serve sin, right? We've been delivered from that. So there's no excuse once we're saved to serve sin. 2 Corinthians 13, four. This is a wonderful verse. Well, if you don't have this verse highlighted or marked, you ought to mark this verse. 2 Corinthians 13, four says, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live by, with Him by the power of God. Amen? How does He live? He lives by the power of God, and we live with Him in this life by the power of God. Again, uh, uh, verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ. When, when I got saved or to get saved, I identified with Christ through His death. I identified with Christ through His death. And through his death, right, through his death, when I I put my trust in him, when I identified with his death, I died to all the demands and jurisdictions of the law. Amen. The moment I identified with his death and through his death, I died to all the demands of the law and jurisdictions of the law. So, Uh, Again, that's why Romans 10, 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, but the key to that is to everyone that believeth. Amen. You have to believe. Amen. To get that victory, you have to believe. Again, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, again, that our old man was crucified with him, that that body of sin might be destroyed, that we should henceforth not serve sin. Philippians 3, 10 says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being what? Made conformable unto his death, right? So look at this verse again, 3.10 says that I may know him, well, I know him by identifying, by identifying with him. And then he says, and he says that I might know the power of his resurrection. You know the power of his resurrection by identifying, amen, with his death, burial, and resurrection when you put your trust in him. So when you recognize you are crucified with Christ, when you recognize you're crucified with Christ, you will have, now keep this in the context of the spiritual life. Right. Amen. You, 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 you've died out to self. You've died out to, amen, the old life. One, you will no have, you'll have no ambitions. So there's nothing to be jealous about that is in the, in, in, in the Christian life. You'll have no reputation. So there's nothing to fight about. You'll have no possessions. So there's nothing to lose or worry about. You'll have no rights, so you cannot suffer wrong. You are dead, so no one can kill you. Now, this is talking in the spiritual sense, right? right. Of course, what do you mean to have no possessions? I got a car out there. I got a house down the road. It's, it's full of stuff. But in the sense, you've surrendered everything to the Lord. Amen? You have surrendered everything to the Lord. So, hey, in, in, in that sense, uh, you have no possessions. Everything Possessions, everything belongs to the Lord. And so, hey, uh, 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 when something happens, you believe that, hey, for whatever reason, God allowed that into my life. Amen. Uh, I turn that over to him. And so I trust him with what he does with it. My life. I have no in, in the sense uh, I have no ambitions. Now, I believe in being ambitious <laughs> and that says, but ambitious in the will of God. Right. So uh, what I want is irrelevant. What, all that matters to me is what is the will of God for my life? That's the only thing that matters to me. Before I got saved, I had ambitions. So oh, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. You know? But hey, the moment I got saved, all those things were surrendered to God. And the only thing that mattered to me, amen, uh, was doing the will of God for my life is what he wanted. His will became my uh, am, am, ambition. I've surrendered everything to Him. I died out to what I wanted. I died out to what anybody else wanted for me. Only thing that matters to me right now is what will glorify Christ in my life as a believer. Moving on, 2 Corinthians 4, 10. Paul said this, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. That goes right along with this verse again. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but what? yet not I. But who lives in me? But Christ liveth in me. Now think about that verse. And again, listen to 2 Corinthians 4.10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. That is what a believer wants. He wants the life of Christ to be manifest in in his body. That's why I, 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 I say this again. You know, uh, uh, the, the, where the saying that everybody says, "'Twas only when life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last." That's why I say the way, I, that's why I say I don't agree with the saying it that way. Because according to the word of God, what are, we, what are we supposed to want? We want Christ's life to be manifested in our body. So, "'Tis only when life will soon be passed, only what Christ does through us. Not what we do for him." See, when we say it that way, we're trying to get credit. Only what's done for Christ will last. No, uh, uh-uh. it's not what I do for Christ is going to last. It's what he does through me that's going to last. That's what's going to last because I can't do anything eternal, but he can do eternal things through me. Amen. He can do eternal things. So I don't want the focus to be on what I can do for him. I want the focus to be on what he can do. Amen. Through me, if I'll die to self and I'll set self aside and allow him to be himself through me, like the Bible teaches. Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 4 says this, for we which live are always delivered unto death. Why? For Jesus' sake. That Here it is again. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus being seen. It's all about hiding behind Jesus, amen? Me getting out of the way, amen? I want to be, I don't want to be in the way, I want to be in the way, amen? (laughs) Amen? With him being seen. Verse 12, why? So then death worketh in us, but life in you. That word manifest means to be visible, to be made apparent, to be shown openly. That's what I want as a believer, amen? Uh, again, uh, let me read verse 10. It says what? That the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. That he might be manifest in body." Verse 11 again, that Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So what do I want? As long as I'm in this body, what? I want Jesus to be manifest, amen? I want Jesus to be visible. I want Jesus to be made apparent i want jesus to be seen openly that's what i want amen because i'm dead amen i'm dead i died amen but i live but what he liveth in me and it's he that i want to be mad i'm dead my carnal self has been mortified subdued and abased amen through the power of the crucifixion that i identified with in christ i live Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Let me turn over to Colossians chapter 1 and let me give you some verses. Colossians chapter 1. Again, Galatians is about what? Christ liveth where? In me. Christ liveth in me. That's Colossians 1, 25 through 27 say this. Wherefore, Paul says, I made a minister according to the dispensation of God Which was given to me. God, God revealed some things sometime when Paul was with God. God revealed some things to him that had not yet been manifested to believers. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, which is given to me. What for you? To fulfill the word of God. Amen. God wants to complete his word, which is what even notice this word, the mystery God revealed, I believe God revealed a mystery to Paul that had not yet been revealed. And he's going to tell us what is, which hath been hid from ages and from generations. Hey, boy, we look in the Old Testament, man. We said, man, we say, man, Abraham saw some good stuff. Moses saw some good stuff. Joshua saw some good stuff. David saw some good stuff, amen? Samuel saw some good stuff. Oh, they saw a lot of good things, but you know what? There's some things that they didn't get to see, but that we get to see, amen? Under grace. God's letting us in to see some things that they didn't get to see. Oh, man, they, 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 they may be, may be a, a far off, but look at here. It says, which is what? Hid from ages of her, but now is made manifest to his saints. Now said, hey, God's been holding this back, And now he's revealing it. And what is he now revealing? To whom God would make known, look at this, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery? What is the riches of the glory of this mystery? What? Among the Gentiles, which is what? Which is, this is the mystery Christ in you, the hope of glory, amen. What a wonderful thing. We get in, amen. The mystery's been revealed to us. You ever see that show, unsolved mysteries, amen? Well, here's a mystery that Paul got to solve, amen, that, when, that in this dispensation, that in the age of grace, right, Jesus, amen, would be alive in you. Jesus would be manifested in you. Jesus would be manifested through you. Part of the great joy of salvation Is not just that Christ was revealed to us. Thank God for the day Jesus Christ was revealed to us. But bless his holy name, not only was he revealed to us, but the moment he was revealed and we believed, amen, from that point on, he is to be revealed in us. (laughs) Amen. Thank God he was revealed to us, but now he's supposed to be revealed in us. That's what the Christian life is. Jesus Christ being revealed in us and through us and manifest. Romans seven seventeen says this. Now then, it is no more... Uh, I, I want to make this note here. We, now it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now we got... I, I'm reading that because I want us to understand something. And I know I, I've taught on those verses before. He said, Now it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So we need to realize self died, right? So we need to realize this. When I do good... It's not I, but Christ that liveth in me. I can take no credit. I can take no credit. Any good that is manifest through Jeff Stewart, and Jeff Stewart can take no credit. Paul says that in other places. Jesus gets all the glory. Jesus gets all the honor. Jesus gets all the praise. I'm glad for that. But you know what? When I do bad, it is not I, but sin that dwells in me. <laughs> Amen. I don't get credit for nothing. You ever ever say, man, I don't get credit for nothing. Hey, hey, I'm glad in some areas I don't get credit. Hey, uh, when I sin, I don't get any credit. It's not me, but sin that dwelleth in me, right? Because God took care of that. He he saved me and sealed me. So when I do bad, it's not I, but sin that dwelleth in me. And then on the other hand, when I do good, I don't get any credit. I can't get credit for nothing, amen? (laughs) I don't get credit when I do bad because Jesus Christ saved me and sealed me. So it's sin that dwelleth in me. And then when I do good, I don't get any credit. It's all in Jesus. Amen. Jesus gets the honor. Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets the praise. You know what? I kind of like it that way. Amen. You know, we like blaming other people, right? Remember, I know if you had siblings, I know you did. Huh? Mom came in and something got broken and nobody did it. We're all everybody's pointing the finger at each other, right? Those fingers are going in circles. Everybody's blaming everybody else. Hey, so when when something's good down in my life and somebody says, Man, who did this? He did. I got to point to him. He did. He did it all. He gets the honor. He gets the glory. He gets the praise. I'm glad. So his death, think about this. His death took, his death for me took care of my past tense of salvation, right? Amen. Identified with his death when I got saved. Amen. That took care of, amen, uh, my past tense of salvation. But you know what? His life in me is taking care of my present tense of salvation, amen? Hey, why am I still saved? Because he's living in me, that's evidence, amen? I'm alive, amen, because he is alive in me. He is alive in me. By faith, you see, I not only identify with what Christ did, amen, at the cross, but I also identify with what he is now in me, in me. You see I'm crucified. You see that statement right there I'm crucified that took care of the course of my life right amen when I identify with that that changed the course of my life but when he but the fact that he lives in me that takes care of the conduct of my life amen the course of my life was changed because amen he died for me the, the, the conduct of my life has changed because he's alive in me. Amen. What a wonderful thing that is because I can't change myself, man. I, I, hey, if Jeff Stewart left himself, it's still going to mess it up. Jeff Stewart is no different than he was. Amen. The day he was born and sent into this world. So the only good in me is Jesus Christ. You see, so his death took core. the course of my life. My course, of my life was forever changed through his death. But the conduct of my life is changed because Jesus Christ is alive. in me. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life, look, notice, that, notice that, that statement here. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I, what's that next word? Now live. The life which I now live as compared to the life I used to live. He says, hey, the life I now live is different than the life I used to live. Before Christ was in me, amen, man, I was always messing up. I was always sinning. I wasn't doing anything right. That, but hey, but now my life has changed. My conduct has changed. Why? Because Christ liveth in me. Now as compared to the life I used to live. Ephesians 2, 2 says this, we're in time past. You see, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, that's time past. Oh, but now, hey amen. The life I live is different in Christ. First uh, Corinthians six eleven. And such were some of you, but what? But you're washed. But you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Amen. Such were some of you in time past. You walked out. Oh, but not anymore, because now the life I live in the flesh. And when it says flesh here, it's talking about the body. It's talking about carnal flesh, right? Because we don't talk about the life. He's not saying that. But he's talking about the physical body, the life which I now live in this physical body. Right. Which I live in the flesh. How do I live it? I live it by the faith of the Son of God. He gets credit for it all. Why? Ephesians 4.24 says that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Thank God inside of me. Amen. There's that, that new man. And so he created a new man, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ lived through me in that new man. Why? Because you don't put new wine in an old bottle, amen? <laughs> you don't put new wine in an old bottle. Wine's a type of the Spirit, right? So when the Spirit came in me, he didn't put it in this old bottle, right? The, 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 the Spirit isn't trying to straighten out this old bottle, amen? The Holy Spirit put a new bottle. When that new wine was coming into me, he put it in a new bottle, that new man. Amen. And so he works through that new man. <laughs> That's who he works through. And Jesus Christ, amen, uh, works through that, that new man. The old, the old man is, is dead. So what a wonderful thing that is. So we say this, when we live in the flesh, right? We live in the flesh, that is his body, but not after the flesh. He lives his life out through me as I walk by faith. You see, he not only, here's the thing, he not only died for me, but he died as me. He not only died for me, but he died as me, as my substitute. He died for me to save me from my sin. And now he lives in me to save me from myself. Amen. (laughs) He died for me to save me from my sin, but now he lives in me to save me from myself. Thank God. You see, I live on resurrection ground and I live in resurrection victory. Who needs the law outside, amen, when you got the Lord inside? (laughs) We don't need the law. Why would we need the law on the outside when we got the Lord on the inside? So we better finish up here. Verse 21, I do not frustrate, right? Uh, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not make the grace of God of no purpose or or, or empty or, or wordless. He said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Christ is not dead in vain. John 1:17 says, for the law was given by Moses. Oh, but one greater than Moses is here, right? Because grace and truth came by uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we'll, we'll finish up uh, right there. But it's a wonderful thing. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. Not only he died for you, but now he lives in you and you don't have to be dependent on self. You, the best thing you say, oh, I can't do it. And, and the Lord's sitting there going, duh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can't do it. I'm glad you finally figured that out. Your job is not to do it. Your job is just to get out of my way. Amen. So I can do it through you. Amen. The Christ, the life which I live, I live by the faith of. Amen. Not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. Amen. So if you, if, if you feel like you've been failing, well, you have. <laughs> Amen. Let's just go ahead and say that. Amen. So stop. Amen. Stop, just stop, amen, and you'll stop failing. Just let the the Lord do it. Just let him have his way in there and let him take over our heart, our mind, our will and all those things, amen. And just uh, you stop being yourself and just let him be himself through you and things are liable to pick up and get better, amen. Let's pray.